0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Autism Stories, where we connect you with amazing people who are helping autistic adults and teens become more successful. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. So much of what Autism Personal Coach does is to develop community by supporting people going into the community to decrease their overwhelm, and increase their calm, and we see positive results of this every day. That's why I'm excited to see an article written on LinkedIn by Christopher Jones, who, without knowing anything about Autism Personal Coach, described what we do and how it would be helpful to him and many other autistic people. Today, Christopher joins us to talk about this article. If you would like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate if you could give us a positive rating and review as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Christopher, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Now, I just wanted to start off by learning where does your story in the autism community begin? Well, actually, my story begins
1: as an adult. All throughout my, my childhood, I, I showed signs of Asperger's Syndrome, but you know, um, back in the 80s and, and, and 90s, it wasn't really prevalent. lot of gifted classes and I do mean like advanced classes uh, for gifted students at at school but I had a hard time like socializing uh, uh, and, and the respect that I didn't feel comfortable joining clubs or going to parties or anything like that. Everybody at school knew me. I was quite well known but you know I was kind of afraid to come out of my shell and um, and then as, a, as I grew into an adult, I kind of had some issues with depression. And I finally went and saw a, uh, a professional sleeping so And uh, he, he said that I exhibited signs of Ospreter syndrome. Uh, he said that I was high functioning. But as a kid, you know, I, I never really, you know, I, I never really thought any different? I mean, if everything was just normal. It, it was just a harder time for me to to feel like I fit in. Uh, so as an adult, um, they told me about Aspergers, and I got to reading some of it over the internet and books and and different things. And I said, yes, this this does sound like me. I mean, I, I have a, a rigid I, I have rigid interests. I see things black and white. I have specific interests, like in radio and music and different things like that. Kind of odd. I mean, uh, I can talk about things that are common knowledge to me uh, that other people may not quite understand or relate to. You know, I got to thinking when I was when I was a kid, you know, I, I had motor issues. And, uh, that's why I wasn't very good at playing baseball, always got really nervous uh, playing games like that. So I was kind of awkward. And so, but you know, the, the more I read about it, the more it sounded like it was, a, it was a fit for me. And I chose to embrace it instead of
0: looking at, at it as a, uh, a hindrance. You wrote an article on LinkedIn, um, a couple, a few months ago, that caught my attention. It was uh, titled "An Aspie's Perspective: Idealistic Scenario," which was which was a scenario talking about a way to meet people and develop friendships. Basically, you described, uh, without knowing it, what my organization, Autism Personal Coach, does. And I had to reach out to you to talk about this article. I wanted to start out by talking with you. What do you think are the obstacles for you in meeting new people?
1: I think the obstacles uh, for me are there are not really a lot of people in my area that I have things in common with. You know, I'm not married. I don't have children. I went to school. I have a master's degree. A lot of people from my area just don't have that. Or I like to travel, and a lot of people in my area don't. I, I, I find like location is an issue of, of trying to meet people. But also, when I do try to branch out, I work for the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana. And so I try to come over here because it's a college town, a uh, university, and it's it's big And there's a lot more people that I felt like I can connect with. But I still exhibit signs of of being shy and afraid to come out of my shell and introduce myself. When I go to karaoke, I can karaoke really well. But after the song is over, I try not to make eye contact and I get really nervous and shake and try to walk back to my seat as, as fast as I can without, you know, I feel like if I could overcome those anxieties or fears, that I would be able to, to meet new people and socialize and live a fulfilling life as an
0: adult. Now with karaoke, how do you see like a social coach being able to help you to Overcome some of those anxieties and fears.
1: Well, what I was kind of hoping when I wrote this article was that there could be like a a coach that you hire that could go with you to karaoke and observe your behaviors. And maybe, you know, if, if you're shy, maybe they can initiate conversations with people and then start the conversation, and then trail off, and then observe and see how you carry it on, or you know that that kind of kind of thing, kind of monitor and observe your interactions with other people, and take notes, and and basically um, possibly help someone who who needs help. Now, for, for me, I've been very fortunate because I was a I was a journalism major in undergrad. Like I said, I have a master's degree in creative writing, but I was a journalism and communication major, double major in undergrad studies at Eastern Illinois University. So I was able to kind of use my journalistic skills of interviewing to go out and meet people that way. Um, And that that really helped me, but over the years, I've since transitioned into another role. I'm no longer a journalist. So, you know, I, I do have some strengths in communication, but I also have a lot of weaknesses, and I feel like I need to work with someone who can highlight those weaknesses and help me overcome them and feel more confident in myself going out to meet other
0: people. When you would go out as a journalist to interview people, was it easier to communicate because you, like the purpose of the interaction, like you knew what to ask?
1: Correct. Yes, I I did a lot of sports stories and other type of stories, business stories. So, you know, basically I knew who, I knew ahead of time who I was meeting what questions I should ask and I'm sure that I came across as very nervous and fidgety to the people that I interviewed with but I think that helped them make feel a little more relaxed during the interview. Yes, I, I, I do feel like the journalism skills helped me immensely in overcoming some of that shyness. I just wish, you know, now that I'm no longer a journalist that I could also feel that same ease or comfort uh, that I did when I was a journalist um, so I can go out and and meet different people. I felt like during the years it's kind of regressed as, as I am no longer a journalist. It's kind of, you know, I'm going backwards, taking steps backwards. And I just feel like, you know, Having like a, a personal coach or someone who could help me identify my strengths and weaknesses and communicating with people just would, would help me flourish. And I know it would help other people flourish as well because they're in the same same boat, a lot of them. A lot of people that I've met in my area that have autism are sometimes afraid to come to meetings because they're afraid, they're just afraid of, of, of the social interaction and, and fear what it, what can become of it. And that's really sad because then it takes away from the, uh, the meaning of, of the,
0: the group who's trying to help people such as myself. Through the, social, the coaching of Autism Personal Coach, I've seen so many autistic people thrive when they're involved in their, their passions, their special interests. Therefore, other than karaoke... Are there other special interests you have where you could connect with others uh, in in the area where you live? Unfortunately, there's not a lot of activities in my area to do.
1: I do like to write, and unfortunately, my area does not have a writing club, and I tried to join the one in Champaign, but they said it's only for Champaign residents. So, you know, that kind of leaves that out. Uh, I do like karaoke. I like sports. Baseball, I'm really passionate about baseball. I'm really passionate about movies and records as well. I have a huge record collection, uh, probably 2,500-some records I've collected from all around the world, and, and horror movies as well. And, and there for a while, we in, in Champaign-Urbana, there was a meetup group that had uh, stuff for horror movie fans that they would come and meet and uh, go to a movie and sit with each other and socialize. And that was so nice. But then all of a sudden the person who ran the group on the meetup site just disbanded it. And we don't really, I don't really know why. And kind of left me back at square one, you know, kind of uh, longing to, to go out and meet people who have similar interests as, as I
0: do. So you mentioned um, your passion for karaoke. If I was your coach and we went out to karaoke together, which, by the way, I would be i would be very scared of, but I'd be willing to do it. Uh, I'd be willing to fight that fear that I have. What, right. what song would we sing? Me, personally,
1: I am really good at Soul Asylum's Runaway Train. I'm also good at David... Lee Roth's Just a Gigolo anything from the 80s or 90s basically is is fair game Uh, maybe with the exception of Prince or some of those that have real high falsettos I'm not all that great about that so sometimes it's try on there and I that's the other thing too when I do karaoke like I said it is try on there there have been times I've sang songs and I've hit it right on the nail and I've had people engaged in it and they all come up and tell me that I did such a wonderful job. But I'm so scared to make eye contact with these people after I sing that I'm shaking and really nervous and wanting to get back to my seat. I feel like a uh, autism coach would help me shake some of those anxieties off. And, you know, when people do say, hey, you sang that really well that would kind of give me, a invite invitation to make small chit chat, which, you know, is something I feel like I lack when I do karaoke. I just don't know how to interact with a person after I've received that compliment because I'm so flustered and anxious and I just feel like a, a coach would, um, Come in handy to help combat some of
0: those anxieties. Now, for you, are you just? Do you feel like you're anxious because of just kind of getting up on stage and performing, or are compliments hard for you to hear?
1: No, compliments aren't very hard for me to hear, and I love to perform, so that's not really an anxiety. I, I feel like the anxiety comes whether people are sincere or if they're laughing at Mm -hmm. what I've done or laughing at me and that comes from you know esteem issues I would say self confidence those issues of the sort I don't feel like everybody is laughing at me but then you know it's hard for me to trust people in a karaoke setting because I don't know who they are you know I'm like it's enough for me that I'm even going there not knowing anyone and willing to perform on the stage. But then afterwards, I'm just so nervous and full of anxiety that, you know, I have that, uh, what is it, called Um, fight or flight kind of response, maybe, where
0: I run away. You talked about something that I've seen to be valuable with a coach going to with someone to karaoke or to some other type of community event. And and that's uh, observing you with others and then, you know, providing you feedback and then tips for improvement if needed. I know many times with Autism Personal Coach, we'll observe people in these situations and then have a conversation maybe afterwards uh, with the person uh, about the experience. Um, You know, we'll give will give su- suggestions. But I think almost as important when we're discussing these things, talking about with you or with someone else what they thought they did well in those situations. So I'm just wondering for you, how important is like that type of validation to you in social situations like that? I think that would bolster up my
1: confidence. I do have confidence. I, I'm not going to say that I don't have any confidence. I do have quite a bit. However, I feel like it could be lifted even higher, and I can cement that into uh, everyday normal life and how I interact with other people around me, coworkers, family, you know, just people out in society, including friends. And so, you know, I would be the kind of person that would be willing to listen to constructive criticism about things that I do need to improve on and take it seriously. But also, I think that it would be a, bol- a bolster to my uh, confidence uh, level that, to hear that I do things
0: well. Thinking about the positives, what are things that you think you do well at, you know, if if you were at karaoke or you were in a writing group or, you know, some things in, in those situations?
1: Well, I, I think, you know, uh, like in karaoke, I, I love the saying, I love the 80s. I have that big record collection, so I'm familiar with lots of songs.
0: In your article, you mentioned having a coach would be helpful because it could help with your with your confidence. Um, but you said you do have you do have a, a certain level of confidence, and I was just wondering where what what are some things that have helped you previously to develop those confidence in interacting with others or in us in a situation situations in the community uh, revolving around your interests or passions?
1: When I was in high school, I was part of a a senior video class where we shot a senior video. And I filmed a lot of that. And after we were done filming, uh, I remember a lot of the students uh, I went to high school with were chanting my name in the auditorium because they appreciated the work and effort that I put into the project and that made me feel really good and that's also what kind of piqued my interest in communication. I have always been able to write well, so I also thought with communications that journalism would be an avenue for me to, to go down. And that's why I chose journalism. And along with journalism came interviewing skills and and kind of, you know, research kind of things. So I, I felt like those avenues provided me with some confidence uh, along the way, uh, but not quite the, the level that, that I would personally like to achieve.
0: And I thought I remember reading that you have went about trying a lot of different things to kind of develop that confidence. What, what are some of those things that you've tried?
1: You know, I mean, I, I've, I've done all kinds of things. I've traveled all over the world. I've been to 16 different countries. Most recently, New Zealand. And in New Zealand, I went bungee jumping twice. Uh, I went skydiving with a friend last year I've tried different things that I feel are you know kind of um, adventurous to to put myself out there and show that hey I can be I can be just like anyone else too and have a fun side and an adventurous side um, so you know I do like to try things, I like to travel by myself, I like to take road trips, Um, I just want, would like, when I do take a road trip or or something, or go on vacation, like to go up to some people and feel like I feel like I fit in, instead of just knowing that I fit in, because I'm part of the group, instead of feeling like I'm included in this group, because That's part of the package and I paid for it. I just want to feel like I like these people well enough to show my fun side and my personal, you know, side that I keep otherwise buried because of the lack of confidence that I have. So I feel like I'm a work in progress. Um, I feel like I'm almost there, but I'm not quite there. And that's why I think, you know, for people such as myself, it would help out tremendously, as, as well as for others who, who just have a hard time socializing, period, and, and don't feel comfortable coming to things and trying different things because they're
0: afraid. Well, I think we all need to feel those connections to, to others, and I think, just like you said, I mean, you said you're a work in progress. I think all of us are a work in progress, and I appreciate that you're always trying to kind of move forward and achieve those things. Yes, and I feel feel, um,
1: one of the things I I need to to mention are the resources in my area just are not autism-laden or friendly. Uh, I mean, there's just not a lot to help people. And I, and I feel if I went to urban cities that there would be, you know, people to meet. Uh, those kind of services would would be um, – I, I would like to see those services, kind of services, branch out more into the rural area for people that that don't have access to, to be in the urban area because i feel like it's important that we connect with the people that are around us too
0: what about through online and and social media i mean i know you're on linkedin uh, because there's so many autistic people online using social media what's been your experience connecting to people that way well, on LinkedIn,
1: I, I have over 7,000 connections from all around the world. And partial some of that is because I work at the university and I know a lot of people at the university. And I have a, an interest in like television and radio, so I reach out to people who are in those professions as well. And I kind of write like a, a blog, a small blog which is where you found my article. And people from around the world have read that and sent me connections and sometimes tell me that they have children who are in the same boat and that they really like what I wrote. Uh, you know, so again, I felt like my writing skills come in handy and that kind of
0: capacity. Like online, are there any, like... Um you know, where we are in the world now, more more and more things are virtual. Are there any, like, things you can do virtually in regards to karaoke?
1: Um, I haven't really explored that avenue, really, as as far as virtual group kind of things. Um, I think that's all new to me, Uh, being a child of the 70s, uh, while I was born in the 70s. Um, I I really grew up in the 90s. All of this virtual and stuff is still kind of foreign to me. And so I always don't know what's out there. So I do hear you in the sense that I believe that things like that are out there and that they do exist. And I would probably benefit from going that route and researching different things are suited for me uh to where I can meet people that I have things in common with and that's definitely something I will check out but also I kind of wish that you know there were um people just in my region that I could connect with too just to you know have a friend and not feel lonely or down about myself because it seems the more lonely I feel or the more um Less confident, I feel it chips away at the
0: confidence that level that I have built up for myself. So, and so, and you, f- you feel it's it's really important, like to have friends in in your kind of physical space to interact and connect with. Correct, and I don't have
1: a problem meeting up with people who are from New York or Virginia, and, and I'm here, I'm here in Illinois. I, you know, who have similar interests to me. I, I like that quite well. I'd also like to feel like I can find someone relatively, you know, close to where I am that I could, you know, go on a weekend and, and do things with.
0: Well, Christopher, I really appreciated the conversation. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you to everyone for listening, and thank you to Christopher for the conversation. As individuals who already struggle with uncertainty, autistic teens and adults may be facing an unprecedented level of anxiety during this most challenging time. Here at Autism Personal Coach, we've been asking ourselves, what can we do to make things a little bit easier? Though it may all feel insurmountable right now, our team has mastered the art of decreasing overwhelm and increasing calm. By empowering those we coach to be the best version of their authentic selves, we're here to listen, support, and help guide them down the path of possibility. That is why we are offering new clients two 30-minute coaching sessions at no cost. This is coaching that anyone can afford, so don't wait to reach out by clicking on the link provided in the podcast description for this episode. On next week's episode of Autism Stories, we will talk with Diana Murray about the theory of autism she has developed, monotropism. Talk to you then.